Jay told you don't hit the bone. It gets hot. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 107, entitled Michelle Gonzalez. She is a great friend of the Mitlows and has been with us at the table most every week. She will talk about what it's like being the mom of twins, surviving cancer, and living life as Joseph's from this past week's episode, Sister. (laughs) First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media. And if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is really all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic of the night, and we finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, it is lunchtime in Rome. Rome. (laughs) Chris is with us. Brian is taking the week off. Meteor balloon sack. (laughs) I mean, yay that I'm here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh yeah, I'd love to start out. Um, as usual, I'm going to start with a bad. And the bad is uh, not that bad, honestly. But it's school-related. I think my students are having about a spring fever right ah, now. Ah, you mentioned that the other day? Yeah. So it's 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 been a uh, stressful couple of weeks. Just, it's been such an angelic year relatively compared to the past it really has like that's student- just quite the description everybody's, everybody's <laughs> been saying that about 2020 <laughs> and michelle you know where chris teaches francis mccord well, yes. yes be more specific <laughs> oh, i'm on the second but I'm not floor sure. uh, what grade do you teach i teach k through five music <gasps> really yes he pushes you the might music have cart. my great nephew oh, cameron kushner let's he's see he's in kindergarten cameron kushner i yes yes yeah. i do Aww. it's hard for me to get all the kindergartners straight Yes. But, it, you know, it takes oh, me a no, while. Oh, no, he but stands out. Yes. I like Cameron. He's my blood. He's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where was I? I got so it's sidetracked. It's been an angelic year. It's been an angelic year. Uh, behavior-wise, I think at the beginning of the year, because of COVID, these are these are the silver linings of COVID in my life. The, you, the class sizes were small. And so it's almost like you're gently transitioning into the mm. school year and you have fewer kids in a class and they just, it tended to be calmer and it was new for the kids just going through the whole covid experience and at school and um so that sort of translated into the rest of the year so far we've had a very calm year and yes kids have been coming back live which is awesome but it's just there's been a, a calmer overall demeanor in the school no not anymore <laughs> no it's over it's over they saw the tulips and they're done yes exactly <laughs> the sun started shining they're like what is this it gives me energy and i'm gonna mm-hmm. make your life crazy so not that <laughs> it, it hasn't been that bad like i said it's not that big of a bad but it is a a noticeable change that's been uh you know noticeable 
right? <laughs> <laughs> but my good is food related. I mentioned this to you the other day too, Jay. Bold statement oh, I've been up. waiting for this. Now, and look, it's nothing I love fancy. Your food talk. <laughs> it's nothing fancy, but I, I two days ago, yeah, I cooked the greatest meal of my life. That is such a bold the statement. greatest that meal of my statement. life. I was so pleased, and it was nothing complicated. Um, last week, you may remember, I used my fancy new thermometer to That's right. wonderfully <laughs> cook chicken thighs on the grill. There's chefs at home right now listening to this going, oh, let me see. Now, how do you spell that? Thermometer? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I came all the way into the 20th century with this electronic yeah. thermometer. Listen, like it was... and Jay told you, don't hit the bone. It gets hot. Don't. Right. That's right. I remember. Well... <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, this week, it was a couple of sirloin steaks. From Aldi. The grass-fed ones? Uh, yes, that is yeah. correct. They're, they're good. They lovely. were very... Yes, they're lovely. They're, they're decently thick yep. and, mm-hmm. and good size. Nine ninety nine a pound. Sounds right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't... Yeah, and they had like these ribeyes that were a bit more expensive. Really? Yeah. The but, grass-fed ones? I... What Aldi are you shopping at? I They had them. The one <laughs> up, uh, up, uh, yeah, at the shopping center. You uh, know, Taron <laughs> Penn Hills. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I got those. I got some of those uh, little mini potatoes that uh, the gold and the, oh, and, the yeah. and the purple potatoes. Can't go wrong. And um, just some some grilling ve- some some onions and green peppers and and mushrooms. Anyway, long story, slightly less long. <laughs> I used my thermometer to grill those steaks to a medium rare. Yes, loveliness. It was the juiciest steak I've ever cooked. It was. It made everybody happy. Like no complaints. Nice. Um, You're serving steak. Nice. Somebody's complaining. Well, Did you have dessert also? No dessert. I'm not a dessert guy. Oh, listen, Aldi in the frozen section near the ice cream. It's a rectangular brown box, and okay. it is these little bite-sized mixture of cheesecakes. Oh man, <laughs> I love cheesecake. And so you oh, pretend like gosh. you made them. You yeah, put them on a different exactly. Plate. They come <laughs> yeah. in the little tissue and everything. So you just put them on a different tray, Bougie. and then you let them thaw for just a couple minutes, and they're so good. And that they're bite size in the frozen section. I, don't you don't you cook more confidently with a thermometer? I, I found like it appears that I do. It's Eric. so much it appears better. That I like do. it really is. Like it just takes the guesswork out. Because yeah. I've done the whole like tenderness on like you. Yeah, that's not a thing. Do your fingers? And, I mean, it is, but it's you not. Pinch the fat so, in between your. your <laughs> I don't no, even know so what that do, is. <laughs> if you do this, like here, I'm touching my thumb to my pinky, mm-hmm. and you touch right here, that's rare. And then you go to here, and it gets a little tougher, and that's medium rare. Got then it. Then you get to here, and all the way up to here, it's ruined. Got it. Other way. Oh, yeah, that's Learn right. something new every day. Well, yeah, I can't do that. But the thermometer, I can read. I can read numbers. And um, <laughs> and I just had this tendency to, uh, you know, you well don't want to undercook your food. You don't want to make yourself sick, right? Mm-hmm. So I always had this tendency to overcook. And um, I did not do that this time. Nice. I roasted my potatoes in some butter and some salt and pepper, garlic and You're paprika. You're making me hungry. Oh, <laughs> man. And, and I did the veggies up just right. I'm telling nice. you. Did the veggies on the grill? Yes. And you have like a grill pan? Have a grill pan. Look yep. at you. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, it just... It wasn't complicated, but it all turned out wonderfully. So I'm happy. Good. That makes me happy. My question, and it makes me very happy. When I cook with a thermometer and you puncture the meat with a thermometer, it immediately starts to release the juice. The juices. Yes. And some of the heat. There's no perfect way. No perfect way. But I feel like the the, the electric (laughs) thermometer that I have, it's, it's, I mean, it's such a tiny 
I know the juice comes out, but it's not like yeah. I mean, I've never, it it's not like I've it. never used right. the thermometer and then been like, man, my this is too dry. So I guess it doesn't really matter. It right. seals or you don't lose that many juices. I wonder about like I have cooked a um, turkey breast that came in the cooking bag, and okay. they just say you know take it out, it's frozen, put it in a pan, put it in the oven. But then you have to check the temperature. Well, now I'm puncturing <laughs> the bag, the bag yeah. and the meat, and it's not the degree I need it. Can so you unseal the bag? No, it's you just puncture no, it. No, but I mean, before you cooked, could you unseal the bag, put in no, a, it's all an sealed. extended thermometer? No, it's all uh, sealed up. So whenever I do that and I puncture the bag. Well, now you're not cooking in a bag. Anymore. Exactly. Now it's cooking in loose plastic. <laughs> I'm winging it. You're losing your convection. <laughs> yeah. I'll start off with my bad. My bad is my foot. I am. Uh, I know. I'm over it. I'm that's so my over bad it. too. Now that I, think I know, about it. right? Because um, it's just preventing me to do so much. Um, I just can't stay on it for too long. For those of you who don't know, I th- I think I mentioned on a previous episode that I I injured my foot, um, and it's still hurting, and uh, and yeah, it's just been a pain in the foot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's that, and um, good this week man there's been you know what i'm most excited about is the the fcc dgc (laughs) no idea what that is the faith community (laughs) church disc golf course oh yeah the yet to be named right the yet to be named but we walked it that was my first time walking it and i was excited already just because of like having something nearby that we could play that was smaller but technical and still challenging and even if we could just practice on it it would still be fun and it's literally right down the road sure um like it takes i can get my car two minutes from there or i can walk once my foot is better and um never (laughs) right feels like that right now um but then jay you took us down there's a lot of room back there there's a lot and there's some legit legit disc golf holes and i'm very very excited about it you know what we should do what's that we should put it out to our listeners to help us name mm. I mean, we don't have to listen to them but we could try yeah right <laughs> i mean that's how you, that's how you get Bodie mcboat face <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what did those kids name that uh that llama at that zoo I don't know, this was like a decade ago but it was like something mc- it was right, ridiculous right um, not harembe god rest his soul right um no. and food actually food Oh, oh. what you got? I didn't, I didn't have one. I didn't have one until tonight. <laughs> nice. But Michelle has set the precedent and has set the bar for having guests on. She brought us homemade homemade pickles. So if you're watching, you can see right there. Homemade pickles and homemade salsa. Apparently guests are supposed to bring us presents. Yes. Boom. They are I'm, excited. I'm excited about this. You can tell uh, Joseph just send us a check. Right. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm expecting to leave with a gift. So I mean. Right. That's coming. This is the gift. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I am excited. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to spend an hour with Chris Davidson is anybody's <laughs> gift. Wow. That's my gift. <laughs> so, um, I, it's all good. I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I, I don't think I have bad. You know, we had the big birthday party Friday night. Joe turned 18. Bella oh, 16. Yeah. Me 15. crazy. And it was a great time. Lots of fun. Lots of stories. And spending time building the disc golf course that really I just thought, you know, it was a little pipe dream that wasn't going to happen. But it just it, it's working out and different people have contacted me wanting to help out with it. And I've talked with the church, so it's no longer like a bootleg thing. It's like legit. <laughs> it's really happening. Um, it is really happening. Now we just have to get a little bit of equipment. and But it's neat because I get to spend time in the woods. Like I was there today for like an hour. And at one point I just sat down and I was like, 
Well, also, I have to walk up a gigantic hill at the end. <laughs> so I was like, let's let's just sit here for a minute, maybe, mm-hmm. and enjoy life. Um, Catch a breath. <laughs> and then I don't know if I mentioned her last week, but a lady f- stopped into our church, and her name is Maggie. I think I mentioned the story a couple weeks ago. Um, yes. That's what we were talking about, first, yes. ba- first bacon, second bacon. Right. But uh, so this is a lady who is from Ghana, but she's in the United States. She's going to Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. And um, I've been meeting with her because she's doing a project for a seminary class and she needs to study a church in a community. And this was the second time we met. And she asks me all these questions and she thinks I'm the funniest guy in the world. She says, I told my teacher he has so much energy. <laughs> and I was like, did you say I was very faithful and godly? She's like, energetic. <laughs> <laughs> but she said to me today, she said, um, yeah, my professor says we could ha- we we should probably meet five or six times. And I was like, man, am I glad I like you? <laughs> it's like I'm already in to I'm, two hours of I'm this. I'm invested. <laughs> but it's been lots of fun. And I really don't have anything bad other than my poor, lovely wife. Uh, it's just very difficult at work right now. The kids. Mm. I mean, you, know, you mm. mentioned the kids. Yeah. But, I mean, she's dealing with different kids. And, of course, I can't tell her stories. But when she walks in the door and says, that was the worst day we've had yet. Wow. And there's been bad days <laughs> like mm. it's and, and it's just and and you know joe's got his first girlfriend and you know there's times where she will be upset about something else and he's like i just hate it that i can't make her feel better mm-hmm. and i'm like respond well good, good <laughs> emotional responding and so i was like i know it's got to be you know your heart just wants him to be better and you feel just so frustrated yeah. i'm like yeah yeah yeah, I can't fix your mom, pal. Okay, I've been trying 21 years. There's just some times. I can only help you out so much. There's only so much. We, and that's part of being emotionally healthy. Is there's only yeah. so much we can do for other people. Yeah. Uh, food-wise, I made chili for the first time in a while because Eric and I went to a, an event Sunday night. Um, it's a longer yeah. story than it's worth. But yep. uh, I made some chili, which isn't entirely uh, animal-based. So I sort of breaking my carnivore diet. Oh, is not entirely. Well, right. I mean, there's tomatoes in it. I thought you said else. is, and I was wondering what broth you were. You using. scrape the marrow out of the bone, <laughs> and that's the sauce. <laughs> and then you, but uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it very much. Um, so, but that's my story. But I'm excited to introduce to everybody else our good friend Michelle. Michelle and I were Hi. were good friends hanging out 25 years ago. How long ago? 25 <laughs> years ago. Somebody who can rent a car was born when we were hanging out 25 years ago. It seems like yesterday. It does. And wow. she is, like we said, um, I would like to say that Joseph is her brother. She's not his sister. Yes. He is Joseph her is my brother. brother. Yes. And if you haven't listened to the podcast last week, uh, make sure you do that. But before we get into really the depth of her life, we want to know about the current life. What's good? If anything's bad, let us know. What's going on? Hmm. I think if I thought anything was bad, it would be that Cameron that I just talked to you about, um, he was not feeling good yesterday. So I picked him up from school and got to spend a couple hours Aww. with him. Yeah. And he went to the doctor today and he's feeling better. So that's bad but turning into good and the good is that i get to meet you guys and i get to see jay who i haven't seen in gosh forever so i'm super excited about that and meeting new friends 
So fun. Yeah. And food wise, I I mean, I could talk food all day. So <laughs> you are the cook. And you, hey, you brought food. I, I brought know. food. I love food. I cook it. I, I bake love that it. you brought food. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> there's love. There's food. There is. <laughs> and so actually, uh, Cam is uh, shocked that his music teacher is with Aunt Michelle. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Does that mean Cam's listening right Cam, now? Hi, hi, Cam, if you're out there. Cammy. <laughs> Practice your scales, son. <laughs> hey, we don't do that in Karen Garden. Nice. Maybe next year. See, Cam, I told you, everybody's watching everywhere. I know somebody everywhere. That is so you. And it's so true, though. You do, especially McKeesport. It's like, you know everybody. I tell my kids, the boys, all the time. I'm like, me and your father know somebody everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sure they know that. Oh, they do now. Yeah. (laughs) They haven't tried. And tell us about your boys. Um, I have twin boys. They're identical boys, identical twins, and they're 14, Cullen and Caden. And I think they might be watching. Hi, babes. Love you. Embarrass you. (laughs) (laughs) Caden asked me, please don't call us bum bums. Bum bums. (laughs) That is not what a 14-year-old. Love you. I'm pretty pretty secure in my knowledge of emotional needs, and I'm pretty sure that goes against respect. I know, but it's just that, you know, whenever you give your children a nickname whenever they're babies, and it's just kind of sticks yep Caden, i call him monk for monkey because they love to climb everything and they're just both bum bums i could say bum bum and if i'm talking to cullen <laughs> and i say bum bum he knows i'm talking to him <laughs> but if i say the same thing to Caden, bum bum and it's him i'm talking to he knows i'm talking to him <laughs> and see that goes towards you know approval belonging that there is you, to you that's that connection mm-hmm. that you have it's so important yes. that you are mine you can have a good day, a bad day, whatever. Yes. You're my little bum bum. Yes. <laughs> and you don't yes. want them to, you don't want them to grow out of that. No, That's and I'm not too, trying is, to yeah. embarrass them when I slip and call them that in public. You know, I I do consciously try to make an effort now that they're 14, you know, to call right. them by their first names whenever they're out in public and they're with people. But when we're at home, it's either babe, bum bum, monk, chib, I don't know. Does it know, bother whatever. them then? Not at home. Not at home. So it's, it's a out respect in public. thing. Yes, it's, it's a, a respect, respect thing. thing. And I and I do slip up and I'll catch myself and I immediately apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so you show yes. up at the skate park. Bum bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not liking that very much right now. No, not so much. Part of the but fact we that do we've go said to the skate park. I know, right? <laughs> we I do take them to the skate park. There's one out here in Penn Hills that we go to. Oh yeah. Um, there's Over one on Duff Road. Yes. Yep. We found that little little niche the other day. They like that. And then I just recently took them out to South Park. Skate Park, they like it out there. That's really nice. A lot of different kids out there. Girls, boys, skateboarding, um, scooters, bicycles, everything. So that's really nice. And that's gotten to be a little bit better since they moved the municipal building there. Yes. Because before it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so there were some ne'er-do-wells as people our age say yeah i don't know what you mean that's a nice little uh (laughs) nice little park area now yeah Mm -hmm. it is i mean you can still take mags there sometimes oh yeah yeah you gotta go over the hill down into duff park i go there with mags Mm -hmm. but not for drugs no no just to play (laughs) well me not drugs but mags yeah Yeah. (laughs) as it is so that's what's good and it is good to have you with us and you're with us most weeks is a fair statement uh, I love that. she's one of our top commenters uh, i think she Aww. actually made the year-end uh, uh statistics that sounds about right um, wow and we're excited for that how was it last week listening to your brother it was interesting i you did offer for me to come and right. join joseph and i opted out of that because i wanted him to do it on his own and did i you wanted... have interrupted him most of the time or 
No, I just I I feel like I wanted to look at it and hear it from his point of view. Sure. As somebody else would, you know, as somebody new listening to it. And I was talking to Eric before the podcast saying, you know, that there were some interesting things, you know, that he had talked about just saying from his point of view that he had never said, you know, before. Wow. So it was interesting. It was good. It was interesting. And I mean, I couldn't be more proud of him. You and know, for what, what he's were, doing. Can you share any of those things? I, I don't remember not? right off the top of right. my head. That's okay. But I yeah. mean, how did those things leave you? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Or, no, oh, it just, poor it made, Joseph. It or, made me happy. You know, it just, no, it just made me happy. Like, um, because he doesn't talk a lot about his time in prison. Mm. You know, the, the situations that he was in. And he just, he, when he was away and I would go to visit him or we would write letters he didn't talk about that stuff. Right. You know, so him even just talking to you guys, what comes to mind about being, you know, invited to the gangs, you know, the three different gangs. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, thank you. And there was no repercussion for that. Yeah. Like I had never heard that story before. Yeah. So that was interesting to hear. I mean, I knew and I know in my I knew in my heart of hearts what happens in jail and what goes on. And I'm sure I can't even imagine half of what goes on there. But, you know, just to hear that little story was interesting, something that I'd never heard. He shared with us a few stories afterwards that probably weren't fit for podcast. Mm. Um, and it, it was there were some good reactions in the room. Just yeah. like, mm. you know, I, I've had some tough days. That day <laughs> seems worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and then we were talking the next day about how much we enjoyed it. We were texting back and mm. forth. And Chris even said, I have to be honest, I found him to be a little intimidating. <laughs> His stories, really? especially. I mean, not that he was. Well, and I'm like, yeah, I mm. suppose he should be. Right, know? right. If, if that guy's not going to be intimidating to you, I right. don't know who he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, just the things that he had gone through. And mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and this is not the intimidating part, but the, how he turned. How he turned like, his around. perseverance of turning his life mm-hmm. around is amazing. Oh, yeah. I feel like there were so many times he could have just been like, no. Nope. I'm done. Yep. Yep. I can't I'm do done. It I don't care. I'm I'm just going that yeah. path. And he chose not to. I mean, I admire my brother. I just not because he, I mean, he's my brother. And I've always we laugh about, you know, we talk a lot about whenever we look at family pictures and pictures, you always see me as a little girl because he's younger than me. He's five years younger that I'm always in some way, like holding him, hugging him, touching him. And I'm like that with my kids now. Like I'm, a, that's my number one love language is physical touch for me. And I know that it might not be for my children. Right, right. <laughs> I'm learning that, <laughs> but we look at pictures from whenever we're younger and I'm And there's one picture where I'm not holding my brother and it's a family picture of me and my sisters and my brother. And I'm just, Mm. I'm mad. Somebody moved you away. Oh, I was so mad. Wow. So we're, we're close. I mean, we're close now. We've always been close when everything happened with Joseph. I just kind of stepped up and stepped in and I was the constant, you know, it was like a no brainer to me. It was, you didn't have to ask me. Nobody asked me to do it. Nobody said I had to do it. I just did it. And that's what I was doing. I mean, I just admire him so much for how he's changed his life around his way of thinking, especially the list that he made, mm-hmm. you know, the list mm-hmm. of all of that's hard. I mean, have you sat down and anybody, you no, know, I'm sat scared. down and tried? Did I, you start? I years ago in Young Life, I had a training and it was a guy who had worked for UPS. I don't know why. And part of the training was you had to list 50 things you don't like about yourself. Mm. And I remember, and of course, everybody else went off to the, you know, did this and did that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm going to write down 50 things that I like about mm-hmm. myself. And it is hard, but it mm-hmm. is freeing yes. when you're done because it's all the things you fear about mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. But once you look at them, you're like, okay, this is what they are. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's not. And I used to make people do that when I trained them. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, you know, number 49 would be something. And then number 50 would be, I repeat myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nope, find another one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and for that to be the turnaround and the wisdom to be able to take just a couple of those things. Exactly. And like he said, he didn't, he put the list away. And so he would only work on three at a time. So it wasn't overwhelming. And one of the things with my brother and I are, he, I, I recently commented, I think it was on the website, on your website that I have like two people that I know will be honest and truthful with me. My brother's absolutely the first one. I mean, if I, if I'm in a situation where I, I'm confused, I don't know what to do. I think I'm handling a situation a certain way. Maybe I can handle it differently. He will always give me a different way to look at it, you know, that I thought I might have looked at all the different ways. Or he'll tell me, he has no problem telling me if I'm wrong. What? <laughs> I have no problem telling him if he's wrong. What? I know, right? <laughs> I, but we're, and I love that. And he, with his list of making things about himself when he was away, he will tell me things, you know, like, Michelle, this might be, you might want to work on this. Really? Yes. And I remember the first time he hmm. did it and I can't remember what the flaw was, but I remember I was so like hurt at first. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, well, who else to be honest with me than my brother? I yeah. mean, somebody who loves me and cares about me and only wants the best for me. Of course, I'm going to listen to that. So that's and, and I, I work on myself every day, you know, different things of how I treat people. And I mean, I say these things that I live by, like I treat people the way I want to be treated. And I really do. I mean, that's it might sound corny or cliche, but that's that's what I do. So and the other person is Jay. You know, I we don't see each other that often. Years we might send a text. I think it's like your birthday once yeah, a year. We, we do talk. each other's birthdays and, you know, here and there. Yeah. But I know if I need clarity on something that I can text you or call you and you will give me a different perspective and a different outlook on something. And I recently did that. Yeah. So I'm lucky to have that. It's important to share as we go forward that Michelle, like most of our guests, has taken the relational needs questionnaire that you can find on our website. And we're going to be referencing her scores tonight just mm -hmm. to help everybody understand how emotional needs uh, impact our lives. And I think it's impressive that, you know, your brother can say to you, I think you need to work on this mm -hmm. because if you look at it, one of your emotional needs is acceptance and it's mm -hmm. very low. And mm -hmm. I wonder if that's why you're able to say Okay, I can look at that. Because mm -hmm. if somebody has a really high need for acceptance, that's saying, I'm still loved, even though I've made a mistake. You're petrified to mm -hmm. know that somebody doesn't like you. And mm -hmm. so for you, your emotional need for that's kind of low. So yes. you're like, I'm a little pissed off right now. Yes, I was hurt. But, right, because you also have a high need for belonging. And it's like, this. my own brother says this to yes. me. And it's almost his thing. I was going to go that route, the, the approval belonging. Right. But I think it's also like you realize, like, he wants to help me. Mm -hmm. and because he's my brother. Right. And that's right. There's the tight you belonging of, of being brother. And he mm -hmm. wants to make sure that you're doing your best and yes. all that. And you mentioned how close you are now. And you mentioned how you tried to you know reach out and give him affection and always that kind of stuff growing up. Tell us about growing up, both 90% you, you know, what was it like growing up? And then just 10%. You know, because he said you were older. Mm -hmm. Kept saying how old you were. It was weird. <laughs> um, I'm gonna smack him for that. <laughs> but how was it growing up? Just give us some background for people who don't um, know you. So growing up, we were there was four of us. It was me, um, my older sister Vicky, then me, then Heather, then Joseph was the baby. Um, I remember my mom being pregnant with Joseph, 
And I remember her sending me upstairs for a nap and her being pregnant. And I remember hugging her belly. And that's the only time I ever remember hugging my mother. Oh, wow. But not saying she might not have, but that's the only time I remember that's all hugging that matters, my mother. Right? Yes. And then I remember shortly after that, she brings Joseph home, you know, as a baby. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, baby. Um, but it was we had I mean, it was a childhood. We didn't go. We didn't want for food. You know, we had a roof over our head. We had clothes on our back. Um, it came to a point that I was in my early 20s and I had already moved out. I moved out when I was 17 and that was, I never ran away from home. I never stole the car, didn't do drugs, didn't drink, didn't get in trouble with the police. Like I, I had a job whenever I was a junior in high school, you know, I had my head on my shoulders. I knew what I wanted to do, money in the bank, get a job, be married, have a house, have kids. That was, that's what I wanted to do. And one day my mother and I got in a fight and she went to go hit me or, and I just ran out of the house and never went back. Mm. Wow. At 17. At 17. Still in high school. Just graduated. Just graduated. Just graduated. It was, I graduated in June and I left in November. Wow. And I went back the next day after she had left for work and I went home. I took all my clothes and everything and never went back. Didn't talk to her for a year. She says now that, you know, she did know where I was and what was going on. But within two or three months of me leaving, I had my own apartment. I dropped out of CCAC for going to school for childcare. I got a full-time job, did not have a car, took a bus to work, you know. But growing up, I feel we didn't, I didn't get what I needed as love languages. And I did talk to my mother about this in my early 20s. And I said to her, and I thanked her, and I said, thank you for giving me everything that you thought I needed. You gave me a roof over my head, clothes on my back, and food on the table. What I really needed oh. was mm. to be told I was pretty and to be told I was loved and to be told mm. I was enough. And I didn't get that. Mm. What I would get is she would compare my sisters to me. My sisters and my brother were excellent drawers in high school, you know, in graphic design. I can't draw a stick figure, but I could type and take shorthand like nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember her saying that my parents called me Yaya growing up because it was my first words. And I remember sitting at the kitchen counter and her saying to one of my sisters, you know, why can't you be like Yaya? And I stopped her and I said, because they're their own person. Quit compare. I can't do what she does and she can't do what I do. So stop comparing us. You know, don't we, we're all individuals. You know, so my dad was a truck driver and was on the road a lot. So he wasn't home and um, he never was the one to reprimand us. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother. Oh, yeah. Which understandably so. You know, she's there. She's <laughs> there, you know, looking at it now and being a mother and a parent. You know, yeah. she's there 90 percent of the time. So, of course, she's going to be the one to discipline. Yeah. You know, um, so and with my mother, um, you know, I feel like. We have that kind of like give and take, you know, relationship today. Oh, yeah. Like I have I personally haven't talked to my mom in the past four or five years now. Wow. Yeah. She mm. said some really hurtful things to me the last time that I talked to her mm. that I just I can't come back from. And I've tried to come back from. And actually this year at Christmas time, I did make a step towards coming back from it. And then I just had I was like too much for me. Like yeah. I felt like I was getting anxiety. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Because I don't want somebody in my life that I feel you give and take your love when you want it. Like it, right, I, guess that's, I guess that's the acceptance and the belonging, 
you well, know so, yeah. yes and it's interesting because we you mentioned uh love languages and we've talked about love languages on this show before how like those are ways to meet the emotional needs mm-hmm. and just listening to you like the affection thing like it's not something you get you need to hear like i love you and yes. you know all that and you need one of the other ones that you're high on is encouragement you need to hear mm-hmm. that you're good enough and and, yes. and all that and it's so it's just so interesting to hear you talk about the love languages and how much they do match up with your emotional needs i grew up in a similar that's yeah in a similar situation my dad worked out of town all the time so a lot of that pressure was put on my mom and you know we've talked about this before like i don't blame them like they you know they were parents they were doing what they they thought what they They did what they knew what they thought was best Mm -hmm. for for us but you know it it brought a lot of tension in in the house with my mom having to do all the discipline because my dad was away you know and and all that so that's that's Mm -hmm. a very similar situation Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds that's ringing a bell yeah (laughs) and i think you know, you have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a high need for security as well. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, wh- where was the security? Dad's always leaving. It Dad's was ca- coming back. Yes. <clears throat> yes. It was like, I, I, I realized, and I actually talked to a therapist about it once. And she said, if you think about it, there was no structure. It, it was yeah. just kind Survival. of chaos, you know, it's, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying that our, you know, we were like off running the streets or whatever, but you know, she worked nine to four, you know, and, and she would walk home sometimes because I would take the car whenever I was going to school, whenever I was still there. And I remember we would, me and my sisters would make like a big pan of like um, scrambled eggs and potatoes, you know, mixed together. And we just kind of like eat on that all day long. And <laughs> it was four o'clock, four fifteen, And one of us would yell, she's coming in 15 minutes. <laughs> Clean up the house. <laughs> and we're like cleaning up the house, doing the dishes, mopping the floor, <laughs> making it look like we were just little angels all day long. <laughs> yeah. Where Joseph was, I don't know. <laughs> like a lot of Joseph's growing up, I have no idea. He talks about these kids who he was friends with in our neighborhood. I have no clue who they are. I guess I was off. I was five years older. So I was off doing yeah. my own thing with my friends. And I just remember once I moved out and I went back, you know, he was still at the house when he was the last one standing. <laughs> um, he was still there and he was like 17. I think he moved out when he was 18. We all moved out when we were fairly young. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Which makes sense. You know, his story was, you know, even though we had a family and everything else, he felt alone. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even know where he was. <laughs> so, I don't, honestly. And I yeah. look back on it, like if my dad was on the road truck driving and she was at the hospital working, where was Joseph? Right. I don't remember like babysitting him. I'm sure he was in the house with us, but where was he? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. He's finding his way. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I love glancing at people's scores and just like seeing it's just I know it's just like this little snapshot, but it's I love the the variety that people have. Your scores are interesting. Oh, when yeah. you look at the 10 um, relational needs, eight of them range between a four and an eight. They're all they're great all then. positive. And by the way, if anybody doesn't know uh, on our questionnaire, the highest score is 10. The lowest score is negative 10. And. It's all relative to you, right, Jay? Absolutely. But generally speaking, the lower you go, either the less you need that need or even it bothers you when people try to give you that need. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yours all being clustered and positive. Clustered is a good word. Yeah. I like that because I didn't know how to say that. Like four of my emotional needs are were rated a four or five. Yeah. Like so, how do you? And it's so funny because when you first meet me, which I didn't get to tell you guys, I'll say I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> As Jay sits there quietly. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys That's go. Great. Yeah, you're owning the room. I, I love I'm, it. I love I'm it. a lot to we handle. We talk every and, week. Nobody wants to hear from yeah. us anymore. I mean, it's either that I have a story to tell or I'm doing some project or I'm helping somebody do this or I'm doing that and or something's going on with my family that I'm helping them with. So it's not necessarily so much me, I don't think. It's what's the surround with the well, how do I want to say it? The things around me that I'm helping with. Yeah, in your universe. Involved in, yes. Sure. But also me, I'm a lot to handle. Like, I'm dancing around the kitchen singing, you know, or I'm just quiet reading a book. And, like, you don't know what you're ever going to mm. get. But I think what's interesting is, you know, your highest emotional need is affection. Mm -hmm. And doesn't that just make the most sense in the world? You oh, know, yeah. Sometimes people are coddled and hugged and everything else and so they have a high need for affection because they're used to it mm -hmm. you yearn for it from mm -hmm. a very young age mm -hmm. but yet on the other hand you have two that are only your very lowest <laughs> is acceptance <laughs> and it's support and so it's take me or leave me exactly you sent me that message but also said, leave me alone yeah. <laughs> you know let yeah. me do this on let my own let me be me until i ask for help right and then the other one. And tell me I, I'm I'm awesome at it. By yeah. The way. <laughs> <laughs> How confusing is that? <laughs> well, and encourage me along the way. I mean, right, it's, right. You know, yeah. you have an encouragement is, is one of the fives, and I think the other ones are muddled scores. You know, are, are all grouped together because I think with you it's highly specific. Mm -hmm. It's like in this situation I like this, in this situation I don't like that. Yes. And so in some ways you want attention, in other ways no you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's why it's in the middle. So you go through life, you move out. Mm -hmm. and you go through your early 20s, mm -hmm. and then you get married. I get married. Give us that transition. You oh. dated some lovely men <laughs> along the way. <laughs> that was a little sarcasm. <laughs> I was the guy she would call and be like, am I out of my mind, or should I be treated this way? And I'm like, you have to break up. I have <laughs> no response for any of that. I just let him go, because he's so right. Um, so I met my husband who we are now currently separated but i met my husband and we dated for a year and a half and then got engaged and got married six months later you know it's you know why being oh, from the engagement not from when you met no from the engagement right yeah from the engagement. And he's block. an old school mckeesport mm -hmm. guy he's from mckeesport also he was a police officer in mckeesport and we got i got pregnant and first second try got pregnant with twins like just oh boy. wham bam that's it <laughs> i mean wow. and they're the joys of your life and the listen bum look, can i tell you about bum that bums. so i know i'm pregnant i had taken a test and we go for the ultrasound and this is why bon jovi eric that yeah. he is my baby daddy <laughs> if y'all didn't really know for those of you oh yes he is <laughs> his birthday was just the other day and the boy said happy birthday to him <laughs> so i didn't know i was pregnant and bon jovi was in pittsburgh and my husband and I went to the concert with my best friend and he saw some guys that he knows. So the two guys that he knows swapped tickets with us because we had three tickets. They had two tickets. Well, they're like, well, we want to go and drink and, you know, just enjoy the concert. You guys take our tickets. Oh, best gift ever. We meet a, an usher, you know, an 80 year old usher who just thinks Michelle and Michelle are the cutest things. And we've been coming to Bon Jovi concerts since we were 13. So he moves us closer to the stage. It ends up that one of the bouncers comes by, taps me on the shoulder and tells me, no, Bon Jovi's going to be coming down here. He's going to be standing behind you singing two songs. Don't freak out. Don't touch him. Uh. <laughs> 
And I'm like, just say no promises. <laughs> I went, okay. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm thinking, he's so tiny, he's going in my pocket. Like, he's coming home with me. Well, I can't tell my friend Michelle, who's to my right, what's going on because if I'm going to spaz, she's spazzing even more. And I think she's watching tonight too. So two seats behind us is this little platform stage. And he says he's going to be coming and standing here singing a song. And he says he's probably going to dance with you because Mm. I was on the owl end. He said, you know, but don't touch him. I'm like, leave me alone. My man is on stage right now. You're like, you're messing up my concert. Michelle's asked me, what's going on? What's going on? Nothing's going on. Whatever. So Bon Jovi makes his way up. He's singing Michelle climbs over two chairs and is like <laughs> screaming for him like pawing at his i'm like oh we're so getting kicked out of here <laughs> so he ends up my husband is on the other side of the arena with our friends he they're not even sitting with us and bon jovi comes down and he holds a couple people's hand and sings better roses well then he stops with me and he holds my hand and he finishes and like sings three quarters of the song and i'm just like can't even think I don't know my name. I'm just, <laughs> your eyes are the bluest eyes I've ever seen. And your waist is smaller than mine. Like, what is going on? And I keep looking up at the screen to see. And every time I look up at the screen, there's just roses up there. I'm like, Connor's never going to believe that I was holding Bon Jovi's hand. Like, he's never going to believe this. So that's why I say, because later on, we found out that I was pregnant with my twins. And I say that that's, you know, through the hands. It happens a lot that way. And it turns out that I was up on the screen and Connor's buddy were going, um, hey, dude, I think your wife's up on the screen. I think your wife's up on TV. And he was like, what? He goes, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I say that he's the twins father. So <laughs> that's awesome. They are 14 now, 14 years, and um, just applied for job interviews at Kennywood. And one wants to work with his dad in landscaping now because my Connor's um, retired from the police department now. And I'm like, how do I have kids that are old enough to work? Yeah. Yeah. That's where did that go? That's a weird transition when that starts to happen. Whew. That's your, a hard one. With your need for security, tell me how that parlayed into having a husband who was a police officer. Mm. And now having kids who are needing you less and less because they're 14 year old men. Mm. So I'll go with your first question about the husband being a police officer. Um, When we were, I mean, there is no crime in McKeesport, so it's an easy job. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I couldn't ask him to work one more day than he wanted to, you know, he wanted to retire. And I said, yeah, that's all you. I mean, you're the one out there putting yourself out there. I just want you to come home every night. Um, him being a police officer, being a police officer's wife is completely different than what anybody can think. I mean, we sleep with a gun underneath our pillow, just a gun next to your bed. I know how to shoot, you mm-hmm. know, um, go to the gun range and shoot. When I would take the boys in their stroller over to Renzi Park, you know, you think I'm just this happy mom walking. Like, I am I know everybody where everybody is, what everybody's doing. And I have my gun underneath my diaper bag. Because my husband's a police officer, and at the time he was canine or he was undercover narcotics. So everybody knows who he. Well, everyone knows who he is, and if they want to get to him, they could easily find out who his wife and his kids are. Right. Mm. So for a long time, I was not on Facebook, and I remember when mm-hmm. I got on, you were like, "I thought I'd never seen the day," <laughs> and I didn't post my kids' pictures for a long, long time till I knew that like my privacy was my privacy that people I didn't know could see my kids. So yeah. you were going through. 
every day for I don't know years. Yeah, we were together feeling, for fourteen years. Man. Feeling that sort of I don't know presence, I guess, of or possibility of danger. Yes, is that fair? Well, it, it's a I subtle, can't even say that it's something anxiety? that you. No, I can't no. even say that you think about it. It's just your everyday. Mm, mm. It's just something like I wouldn't, I can't, I couldn't think about him going to work and what would happen. I would just give him a kiss, say, I love you. I'll see you at dinner time. If you can make it for dinner, it'll be ready at this time. You know, call me if you can't. And some days because he worked in the area, he was able to come home for dinner. And some days he wasn't. I did not have a police scanner. You know, my father at the time wanted to give me. I'm like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, no. Um, at my one job later on, the lady that I worked next to did have a police scanner, and it bothered me so much. But it wasn't McKee Sports police scanner. It was Homestead. But still, McKee Sport would sometimes get involved. Sure. Right. So I just, you know, and and I, she didn't know that I was having a problem with it. But we weren't like right next to each other. But I could still hear it. So it's. Being a police officer's wife, you're not in that mindset. You just kind of, that's your husband. He's going off to work. He's coming home at night. Because he would always tell me, if one if it's me or the bad guy, I'm coming home. Mm. You know, there's the, I'm coming home to you and the kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, very secure because when we met, he was a canine officer also. So that, we have that extra security also of having the canine dog in our home. Oh. And, uh, okay, I didn't know it worked that way. Yes. <laughs> That's so when cool. you're a canine officer, yeah, like the canine dog. Family. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rex was our first canine dog, and one day he just suddenly. Connor left for work. This was before the boys were born. Connor left for work, and Rex was at the foot of the bed when I woke up, and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" You know, and I went to go let him out, and I called Connor, and he goes, "I don't know. He just seemed kind of like lethargic and." You know, didn't want to go to work today. You know, I'll pick him up in a little bit. And I'm like, okay, well, he was kind of like sluggish and his back legs weren't working. Mm-hmm. So I'm like helping him, you know, and I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking maybe his legs fell asleep, you know, while the way he was laying. But it turned out that there was something internally and neurologically. So we ended up having to putting him down. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. So then they got Connor, another canine dog, Darko, and Rex was a work dog when Rex put on his collar, his work collar. Yeah. He was, Time I was not mom. I did not give him a command. I did not talk to him. Wow. He was Connor's dog, work dog. That's it. But once that collar came off, oh, as soon as Connor went in the shower, Rex was up on the couch with me like, pet me, <laughs> love like, me. He's like, oh, thank goodness oh, that's yeah. over. Pet me, love me. <laughs> Had a rough day at work, mom. As soon as he heard that <laughs> yeah. shower stop, he'd go right back down on the floor in that spot. Like, he never moved. That's oh, a smart wow. dog. Huh. Darko was 99% work mode. He didn't know how to shut it off. Now, he was a Belgian Malinois. Darko was. Rex was a German Shepherd. And Darko, oh my gosh, good dog. But he just didn't know how to turn it off. And whenever you're a canine officer, whenever you retire, you have the option, I believe, to buy the dog and keep the dog with you. But if you switch positions, you have to give the dog up. Mm. So Connor switched positions at the time and went into Mm. undercover narcotics. But it turned out because of Darko's high energy and didn't know how to turn it off, he ended up going to Afghanistan and fighting in the war. Well, good for him. Yeah. So. Wow. We should have but him talk on the about show. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but he's got some stories, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk about having that security well, of one the police officer and then the canine dogs at the house. So did you feel because you, you one of your highest needs is security mm-hmm. and like did you feel more comforted having like your that your husband was a police officer? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And then whenever he wouldn't be home and it would just be me and the boys as babies having the police dog there. Yeah. Because the dog would Extra sleep protection. between my yeah. bedroom and the boys' bedroom and protect us. The, yeah. The dog actually attacked my brother-in-law one night, Darko, because it, it was dark and Cameron, I forgot Cameron and Connor were in the cellar and Cameron came upstairs and real quick said, what are you doing? To me and Darko just lunged and Triggered bit him. his Oh, wow. Bit. 911 was called, oh, blood everywhere. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's but, incredible. But Cameron's fine and Darko was fine. I was scared of that's the first time I had ever seen Darko in action like that. I was fine with him after that. But in that moment, of course, I was petrified of him. Like, I just, you just saw he had blinders on and that zone in his eyes. So, mm, wow. but once the canine dog went away, there was that little bit of insecurity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess I got so comfortable with yeah, the dog being sure. there. Um, but and now that I'm separated, my boys look like they're grown men. You know, they're mm-hmm. six foot one, six foot two at 14 years old. And they talk like grown men, but they're still kids. They're 14 years old. I'm their protector, you know, so. And your mama bear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No one's going to touch my kids. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> going to touch Bumble. You have to get through me. <laughs> um but I mean, I know how to protect myself. I know how to protect my family. And sure, tell me about given since we're on the security topic. You know, it you had a volatiles too much, but you, you know, you're separated from your mom. You move out. You're on your own. You know, you're you're wildly independent. Mm. Um, but then your brother goes through. Mm. You know, so that's like what ten eight years later mm-hmm. he starts to go downhill. Yeah, and then you get the news that is the worst. Some of the worst news you ever want to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he is involved with what he was involved in. Oh, I could in. tell you exactly where I was standing and what I was doing. But compare that and let me know mm. like that. And then when you find out that you have cancer mm. and now you're in, you know, in the middle of a separation, these are times of great instability in your life. Mm-hmm. How'd you get through it given the, your need for security being mm. high? And this is also, you know, most of our needs are, are developed between zero and 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why you didn't mm-hmm. get the hugs as a kid. You want mm-hmm. hugs as not make sense. So you already have a high need for security, and yet you have at least three times in your life. And the fact that you were married to a police officer gave you comfort. Mm-hmm. So that's not a volatile time. Mm-hmm. How did you get through those times, and what were they like? So we'll start with the first one with my brother going away, hearing the news, you know, that he's getting charged with, you know, first-degree murder and, um, you know, finding out that he was involved in anything like that. At the time, I was... In a relation, a four-year relationship with somebody, and we were living together, and I just remember every day, and thank goodness I worked with that person, I'm not going to name names, but I worked with that person that they were understanding that I needed to go to the hospital on my lunch break. I'm going to be a half hour late coming back to work because I'm driving into Pittsburgh, you know, to go check on my brother, I mean, to go find my brother first off, you know, because Mm -hmm. he walked into a hospital and didn't. This is more of his story to tell, but I'll tell my side of it. Um, you know, he was a John Doe. And um, so I finally found him. And even though we have, I have a large family, like cousins, aunts, and uncles, I felt so alone. Mm. Because I was the one that, but I took it upon myself to. But isn't that what you're used to? Yes. That, yes. And um, that's, that's just who I am. And that's what I do. That's my family. That's my brother. <laughs> but I remember but is that because you wanted that no 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 you didn't get the kind of attention 
slash mothering that you wanted. Mm -hmm. So you were for dad gum sure going to be that you modeled mm -hmm. what you wanted. I'm asking. Yes. Yes. That's a yes. I modeled what I wanted. Yeah. Yes. And so you go down and once again, here you are doing exactly what you know is right. Mm -hmm. But you're feeling alone mm -hmm. because it wasn't done for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so thank you, you for are. understanding that and explaining it to me that way. Yeah. Hmm. See, that's why I have you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, duh. Well, I was going to say, my mother thinks she's the one that had me. <laughs> she always because she always says that. I'm glad I had you. <laughs> you're me too, you're mom. A smart one. <laughs> you're a good friend, Betty. Um, yes, Betty, pick up. <laughs> pick up, Betty. <laughs> if any of you know Laverne and Shirley, <laughs> that's how old she is. <laughs> Uh, uh, Laverne, I, I've heard of that. Yeah. That's on TV land, isn't it? Oh my it? gosh, it is on TV land. It's when they buy. Well, I can't remember the. I don't, I don't remember the guys. I don't know. Anyway, so there you are, anyways, alone with John Doe, your brother. I'm alone, and I have to make phone calls to my dad to say, you know, I found Joseph in the hospital. I have to call my sisters. I have to call my mother, and that was the hard one. That was the hard one because at that time, our mom had kind of three strikes and you're done. You don't call me for Mother's Day. You don't call me for my birthday. You don't call me for Christmas. I'm done with you. I don't care that you're my kid. Mm. It amazes me you have such a low need for acceptance, except for the fact that it makes sense because you're like, oh, really? Three strikes with me? Three strikes with you. You're done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Because if, if not, and I'd love to, you know, your sisters, if, if mm -hmm. it's different with them, mm -hmm. because to, be li to live in that level of, you know, uh, eggshells or anxiety of, if you screw up, you're out. Mm -hmm. And so you have to call her and you're worried oh. for Joseph. Oh, my gosh. I'm worried sick about my brother. And that was the worst phone call. And I, I don't even know if Joseph even remembers this story or not. But I remember the, a, a counselor coming in and saying, you know, do you he saw me crying and I'm sitting in the waiting room by myself. And I said, I need to call my mother. But this is not going to be a conversation I want to have. And she just. She was at work at McKeesport Hospital when I said, you know, I need to talk to you. And at this point, she had had issues. You know, Vicky was a troubled child, my older sister. You know, Heather had moved out. You know, Joseph was getting into whatever trouble at the time. And which we didn't know the extent, the extent of it. And I remember I called her and I said, you know, I have to talk to you about Joseph. And she said, oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If it has to do about uh... Vicky, Joseph or Heather, I don't want to hear it. And I just... And I swore at her and I was like, well, you just need to sit them down because I can't do this by myself. Mm. And I'm just bawling. Mm. I'm like, he got shot and he's in the hospital and I'm here by myself. She said, I'll be down after work. Mm. After work. Yeah. So then one of the days <sighs> I remembered years later and I, I can and I'm remembering it in my mind now years later we were my mother and I were talking and she said yeah yeah I remember I don't ever remember seeing you cry but I remember the first time I saw you cry and I said when was that and she said when we were at the hospital for Joseph and you went over she said I was sitting on the couch and you laid and curled up on the love seat and covered yourself with your winter coat and you just laid there and bawled your eyes out she didn't come over and hug me or comfort me she just she goes, and I just remember seeing you cry. Mm. Wow. So, on to the next <laughs> subject. <clears throat> so, so, the answer is so you did So, the cancer. So, no, when you go through something like you went through that alone. 
Yeah. I mean, there were people around. They were all there. Away. The people yeah. did what they could. All, all the things we always say. Oh, thank say. God for my friends. I oh. mean, oh, thank God for my friends. I mean, my friends are, and they knew they know who they are. I don't need to name names. They know who they are. Thank God for my friends, because if it wasn't for my friends, I probably would have lost my mind. And so you found, you know, some comfort in that area. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, some, absolutely. And it also makes sense why well, you don't want support, because mm-hmm. you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't help me now. Yeah. You didn't help me then. Yeah. The guy that I was had the relationship with and was living with, I remember specifically another traumatic, at the time of this happening with Joseph, um, I remember sitting at the kitchen counter and him walking through the garage off to my right, and I had just gotten more bad news about something else off topic. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like, how, how much more can you put on me? And I remember crying and he walked in and I walked up to him because I just wanted held and I just wanted hug. Now, this is my boyfriend that I'm living with. Right. We're living not a stranger. Together. It's no. not your boss. We're together well. four years. And and I and he and he was like, what, what, what do you what do you need? What do you want? And I was like, I just want you to hold me and tell me that it's going to be OK. And he took me by my shoulders and he looked at me and he goes, well, you're going to have to do this on your own because oh, I can't help you. That's like the exact opposite. Oh, of what, oh my gosh. Not affection, not encouragement, yeah. not belonging. Well, I'm not with him anymore, obviously. Well, I can I can see why it was not meeting any emotional need of yours. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I went to him and said, "I need you to hold me. I yeah. need you to tell me it's going to be okay." And, and he said, "You spelled it out for him." This, and we talk yes. about wow. a successful relationship. Wow. You have to be open and honest mm-hmm. and vulnerable, mm-hmm. which you were. Mm-hmm. But we also teach there has to be mutual giving, right? Which there was not. Which then right, makes yeah. the person who opened up and be vulnerable now take a few more steps back and sure. start to put sure. up that little wall. Your sense of your sense of security. Is well, because that goes to the anger, the fear, the mm-hmm. guilt, and the self-condemnation. Your mm-hmm. case probably went a little bit to anger. Mm-hmm. You know? My yeah. cancer, me finding out yeah. I had cancer. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story. I had thyro- I'm had i a thyroid cancer survivor, which actually I just got my phone call yesterday that my ultrasound is good. Wow. So I'm like nice. 11 wow. years That's awesome. free. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Um, my boys were only, they were born in August. And the day after Thanksgiving, so they were only three months old. Mm. My, I was in Children's Place, and my neck was really itchy. And there's no mirrors because it's a kids' store, so this, there was a big long line. And I asked the lady in front of me, "I'm like, is there something on my neck?" And she goes, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" And I'm Which like, well, "That's hear. not good." <laughs> Speaking of need for security, so Connor and the boys are in the car outside, and I go out, and I'm like, "Hun, like, what's up?" And he's like, "Oh my gosh, it looks like you swallowed a softball. It looked like I swallowed a softball." Oh, Which wow. I got very lucky because they say that thyroid, anything cyst-wise with the thyroid goes internally; it never pops out. Mm. But mine popped out, so I was lucky. And wow. this happens so fast. Oh, it. Like in one I, day, I did obviously. my makeup that yeah. morning and saw nothing. I wow. got a shower, did my makeup and everything, and it just that's crazy popped out. Like my neck just started to get really. I guess because the skin was stretching. Yeah, I just got really itchy and wow. Yeah, so that following Monday, which was I think, so that was the day after Thanksgiving. So is that Black Friday? Friday? Yeah. Black Friday? Okay. So it was Black Friday. So on Monday, my PCP saw me and he immediately said it was your thyroid. Sent me to a doctor. They drained it like for the next year and a half or so. You oh, know, really? they would drain it like the first time he took out like 12 tubes of liquid, then it was eight tubes, then six tubes. Is that and- an attempt Jeez. to save it? No, that's an attempt which I didn't know at the time. They're sending it away to 
analyze it to uh-huh. see if there's anything bad, they say, cancerous in there. Okay. But okay. they didn't tell me that at the time. I just thought they were draining it. And then you come back in a couple months, yeah. we'll drain it some more. So they actually described it like it's a balloon that you're now deflating. So there's still that tissue left in there. They just want to make sure everything's gone. And after about a year and a half, the last drainage of it, I guess it came back that there was something suspicious. Mm. They, they said it was me- meteor. The the balloon sack that was there yeah. was meteor. Meteor balloon sack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we weren't going to be you know, talking you know, about that tonight. And you don't, you don't want that. No. You don't want no. that. You want uh, a happy balloon sack. I don't know. So long story short, they do a biopsy on me. They send it away. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this the other day, and I had to wait three months because they sent it to McKeesport Hospital, <laughs> and that came back 1% cancer, but not enough for us to call it cancer. Right. They sent it to Pittsburgh, 1% cancer, inconclusive, not enough to call it cancer. Sent it to Ohio, same thing. I finally mm-hmm. said, you know what? Take it out. And my doctor refused. She was like, uh-huh. no, I don't want to. You're going to have this big scar. I said, I'd better have a scar than have cancer in my body or come yeah. back in another year. And now you've told me that it is cancer and it's spread. And, it spreads, and now yeah. I'm di- I have these kids that are two years old. Like, this is what I've waited for my whole life to have a husband and a kid. Had kids like I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's when me and God had a little talk. And I said, there too. She walked out of the room to make a decision on what she was going to do. And I literally sat on that table and I was like, listen, <laughs> I've waited for this. My whole life. Like, I am not leaving. Go knock on somebody else's door because it ain't happening. And I just didn't. And I gave myself one day to be, like, truly upset. And then I thought, and I kept saying, you know, why me? Why me? And then I just stopped and I said, why not me? Mm -hmm. What makes me so special that I can't get cancer? I Mm. mean, it's, why not me? So I gave myself one day and then I was like, nope, this is it. I'm fighting it. We're going head on. Take it out. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad that I made that decision because it ended up being cancerous. Wow. So, wow. best decision. But That's support awesome. with that, um, I remember I went down into the man cave. It was the night before my surgery. And, of course, I have, like, all the bills paid. My best friend has all the banking information. Like, and God forbid something happens to me on the table and I don't come out of this. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, mm-hmm. I gotta, I'm planning ahead. And here's all the passwords. And here's all the account numbers because I took care of everything. And you found security in making sure everything was in order. Yes. So partially. Could, right. And then I went down into the man cave and I said to my husband, I'm like, we, we, we need to talk about what's happening tomorrow. And he couldn't even nope. look at me. Yeah, and he said, and he said, you're nope. going to be fine. That exactly. He, he kept working on his gun stuff. He goes, nope, you're going to be fine. I don't want to talk about it. We're not even talking that way. We're not even talking about it. And I'm like, but, but, and he was like, nope, we're not even talking about it. And I just went upstairs and I just, I cried, not because you just cried. I just cried. Wow. So he was obviously feeling some things, yes. but had, at least at that moment, an inability to yes, and communicate I and I can't take that away from and be him. with you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the same thing we talk about yes. almost every week. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody's intentions are when we are hurt. Right, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if somebody accidentally punches you in the face, you still have a black eye. Mm-hmm. If somebody, you know, you, we still our hurts still matter. And they still need to be addressed. So, right. yeah, I'm sure he wasn't like, F her. Right. No, no. he cared so much. He, it was overwhelming yes. to him. He's a guy that solves problems mm-hmm. and he can't solve this problem. Yes. Yeah. So, therefore. Exactly. And I knew that. 
And right. I, I, I went, as I went upstairs and I was crying, I knew that. I knew that it wasn't that he doesn't love me and he doesn't right. care. He doesn't want it. It's just that he wasn't going to that place of what if. Mm-hmm. It's no, you're coming home. Right. You're getting well, over he wasn't, this. He wasn't trying to be with you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah. he, you know, he was. Yes. On his own as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he. So. I mean, we go in that, for surgery the next day and he tells the doctor something happens to my wife. My father-in-law owns a funeral home. Or my father owns a funeral home. <laughs> so, of course, the, the doctor got leaves like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And with cancer, um, Connor and I had gone through therapy, you know, before we had separated. And the therapist had asked us one time about, like, what were major points in our relationship, like turning points. And my cancer had nothing to do with any of mine, but it was one definitely one of his because he was so afraid that he was going to lose me. Yeah. To that. Wow. But cancer wasn't even on my list. Right. Yeah. And like, it was like, but what a horrific irony Mm -hmm. that he was afraid he would lose you and now you're separated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know families Mm -hmm. will listen to everything Mm -hmm. else. I don't want to go too deep with Mm -hmm. that, but, um, but I was just going to say, obviously like, you know, not that this show is about him, but like, I just, I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously sure. he wasn't, he, he wasn't getting Good his guy. emotional needs met mm-hmm. so that he couldn't mutually give in the situation. Like, mm-hmm. and then, then that rip, like that butterfly affects into you and mm-hmm. like, man, that is alone. You are alone in your own house with the, with your husband mm-hmm. in the room downstairs. You know, his reaction rings so true with me also that's something that i'm trying to get better at and and learn about and have myself gotten better at oh, i appreciate that but like my tendency through my past has been to shut down mm. emotionally when something mm-hmm. bad happens or an argument or this or you know a serious life event mm-hmm. i don't want to deal with it i don't want to deal with the emotions yeah. i just nope nope it's gonna be fine mm-hmm. like well and that's why what we do and i hope you know, I've seen a lot of the evidence of this having an impact on people's lives because none of us were raised mm-hmm. with somebody saying, you know, it breaks my heart that that happened to you. Like, yeah, we didn't get that because you know what? They didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows to do that. And what's cool is seeing the stories, you know, in this room and with Brian, you know, and even you, some of the times you've asked me about the boys and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how they're different, that we're sewing into their lives, mm-hmm. the things that we never got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that our spouses didn't get. And mm-hmm. so we understand it, but it still matters. But that's why we do what we do mm-hmm. and why I think it makes a good impact on people. Yeah. Michelle, before we move any further, is there anything else that you said? Oh, I want to make sure I say. Hmm. I, I can't believe like we're at time. Like, that's crazy. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> please, don't be sorry, please. That's great show. Yeah. All the um, awkward silences we had tonight. Wait, <laughs> <none>. <laughs> um, the security about not being separated you know i just i don't even i can't even think about it i can't think about it because i'm the security for my kids right i'm so, the security we are we are so you doing, can't worry about you because you're going to take care of them yes right we are connor and i are doing so well co-parenting together mm-hmm. we've come to a great place where we are i mean we talk all the time and it's about the kids or if um, they're reprimanded at my house one weekend and it it continues to into his weekend he's right there you know Mm. whatever your mom said is happening so we are at a really good place and actually i just sent him a text yesterday and said i think we are really good parents and i think you know we know what's best for our kids and he said i couldn't agree with you more and i joked with him and said well that's just because you have to do what i say (laughs) 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 he said you're right (laughs) um but yeah, I just 
I would love, I'm, you know, single right now. I would love to have a partner that I could just fall into, you know, and say it was just a hard day. You know, can you just hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay? And I know that'll happen one day again. um, But I'm okay. I'm in a good place right now. I'm in a good place with me and my kids. And I hope I'm meeting all of their emotional needs. And I I talk about emotional needs with my kids. You know, and we we did a little test, you know, with the five love languages book. Mm-hmm. We did that so that I was better understanding what their emotional needs are, mm-hmm. not giving them my emotional needs. Right. But it's funny because they'll walk by me and they know they can't walk by without like me hugging them or giving them a kiss on the cheek. And I'm like, it's not for you. It's for me. <laughs> and they understand that, right. you know, and they will stop and they're really good. But I I'm really I hope I'm really good about meeting theirs, too. And, you know, we're just being very open and honest with them that they can come to us and talk to us about whatever they need to, because we didn't get that as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't get that as a child to go to my mom or my dad and talk about things. I want that with my children. And the fact that you're co-parenting well mm-hmm. goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. And being consistent and all those things. But even just saying, hey, you can tell me how you feel. You can mm-hmm. tell me what's going on. You're, they're human. They're 14. I mean, gosh, even whenever they're three, four and five. You have to remember they're little humans. They have emotions. They have good days. They have bad days. And just because they're 14, mm-hmm. they're no longer, there's they still have those needs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we forget. They mm-hmm. they may change a little. And that's what Rachel struggles with, with Joe a good bit, mm-hmm. is her point is he doesn't need her. Mm-hmm. And that crushes oh, her. Oh, it, it's crushing as a mom. Right. It's crushing. Um, crushing. And now that he's driving and has a girlfriend and mm-hmm. all these things. But, you know, they. but he still does. Mm-hmm. It's just they not. They still need imminent. us. It's but still not. Yes. Right. Every exact moment. We're not their everything like they you like we used to be when they needed us whenever they were little. And that is a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for fathers oh, and mothers. Absolutely it is. And I tell my kids, I'm like, <laughs> you I You don't need me? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, you don't need me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Does it go to that we carried them for nine months? I think so. I think it goes a lot <laughs> and with it's that. that. It's that maternal instinct. It's yes, just different. It's, it's just different. And, and Connor will even tell the kids, I mean, if you, something bad happens to you, your mother will be there 10 seconds before I am there. They are going to have to fight her off before they fight me off. And Connor's not a tiny guy. You know, he's a big guy, but it's just that motherly instinct. And, you know, I just, you want to protect your baby. So I totally understand what Rachel's going through because mine are 14 and they're like, okay, mom. 14 going at, on 25. Oh, they're in their room all the time. And I yell up, I'm like, dinner. And I'm like, sit at the table, have dinner, no cell phones. Let's talk. They're like, really, mom? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow as mom. When they don't need you as much. Yeah. Well, that wraps up episode 107. We want to thank Michelle so much for yes, joining us. It was you. a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank and we you. hope to have you back again sometime. Thanks. Um, for everybody out there, please make sure you give us a like or follow us on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you also can take our relational needs questionnaire, find out some things about yourself. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. I'm going to eat some pickles. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. They're decently thick. Yep. Practice <laughs> your scales, son. Bum bum. Nope, I'm good. Yeah. No. Meteor balloon sack. No, not anymore. Oh, as soon as Connor went in the shower, Rex was up on the couch with me. <laughs> and I'm like, not well, you that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need me? Oh, my God. <laughs>